Welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. My name is C.J. Reynolds, and I have a YouTube channel called Real Rap with the Reynolds. And one of the things I'm trying to do this summer is do live teacher talks with other teachers that are on social media or that others may know and maybe others that no one knows um, as a way to just kind of like have some real live conversation with people um, and answer questions in real time instead of just putting out videos, like being able to do that very, very quickly. So uh, my guest this evening is, I feel so announcery when I say this stuff. I feel like, I feel like every radio show that I've ever watched <laughs> and I'm not, I'm like, I'm used to my attend my audience not paying attention to me at school. Right. So um, my guest is Joe Dombrowski. Joe is, his handle is Mr. D times three. So for those of you that don't know who Joe is, Joe, would you mind introducing yourself? Like just kind of giving us a little idea of who you are. Hey, I'm Joe Dombrowski, AKA Mr. D. Um, again, you can find me at, at Mr. D times three on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And um, I don't know, my life my my life in the world of social media and preaching education has kind of exploded in the past couple months with a viral YouTube video of my spelling test, fake spelling test, it was an April Fool's prank that I gave to my fourth graders um, that just took off. And then from there, Ellen, I was on Ellen two times. And um, now things are just put it up, 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 up. And here I am just kind of, Truly, truly, truly trying to just preach positivity and education for like so many teachers. And like, it's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it, man. Um, for all the people that are here watching Mr. D and have no idea who I am, I'm going to plug myself real quick. Um, plug it. I, my name is CJ Reynolds. I teach in West Philadelphia at an all boys high school. And so I've been teaching for 12 years and it is... It's the best job I, I could hope for. I don't know that it's the best job for everyone, but I really, really love it. And, um, and so like the reason I even started doing this was uh, because when I started teaching, like no one, no one was talking about this stuff on social media. And I just wanted to find someone that I could relate with and I couldn't find anyone. Everything was a program or everything was people that were being super strict and hard on their kids and not being positive and not trying to like, have fun in the classroom and and that's all I wanted to do. And so it's been great to be able to uh to to do this stuff. I mean, it's it's been really really fun. Um so let me let me ask you first. Um we're just going to take questions. So if people have questions whether you're on YouTube or on you now, you can just type in your questions now and we will answer them as they pop up. Um uh, and I hope to get to all the questions. I don't I don't know. Sometimes they just fly by. But um, I'm going to ask you this first, how, so can you describe a little bit about like what your teaching style is and like, how did you find your way there? Um, cause I think that's a tough thing to look, I think that's a hard thing for first year teachers to figure out. That's a, and, and my words to first year teachers are, and even when I talk about this too, is like, you know, it's off, you have to find your authentic self and what you're okay with being, what you're okay with doing. But for me, that teacher is very um, energetic, uh, exciting, excited, caring, involved. And I, like my whole philosophy of education, and I've said this time and time again, is I'm striving to make 
learning and teach and, and school a place where students want to be rather than have to be. I want my students to come in and enjoy and know they're going to enjoy while they're learning because results have proven time and time again that when they are um, learning through experiences, they're actually going to retain all of that knowledge. So that's a little bit about like me and my teaching style. And, and like you've said, I've had so many new teachers write me and they're like, hey, how do I do this? And my response is always like, you can do this by doing this, but what's going to make it work as if it's truly you. And I'm, I'm putting all my stuff out there for teachers to, to use and see and to get better. But like all my stuff is adaptable, right? So like if teachers can take that and use it in a way that makes it work for them, like money, make it happen, you know? So like do it. But um, yeah. yeah, that's like, that's like me and how I teach. Yeah. I, I, You're very much the same way. I follow you and I watch your stuff and you, you do a lot, a lot of things that are similar. I laugh at some of your pictures yeah. specifically because I'm like, did I just do that a couple of days ago? I think so. Yeah. It, it, you know, and I think one of the key things that you said was like it being authentic to yourself. So I, a lot of, so our, a lot of our local colleges will come in and they'll like ask to see different types of teachers. And so when they put them in my room, I always try and preface that experience with letting them know, like, um, don't, don't just do everything that I do. Cause it might not work out for you. Or like, if you don't right. have a connection with certain students, um, it could backfire. So one of the things I started doing years ago, and I always, this is one of the things I always put disclaimers on is I got like this tiny water pistol from the dollar store and I'll just like, hold the water pistol up and then I'll put a book. So I'll put a book like over the top of my hand. And for some reason, the kids never see the water pistol. They just think I'm holding a book like that. And I'll squirt kids as they go down the hallway. And my idea there is like to just sort of like divert their attention or like have them have like a happy break in the middle of a stressful or normal day. And that stuff goes really, really far. But you know, if you're brand new and you just started out and you're just going to squirt kids in the hallway, like, I don't know, I don't want you to get punched in the face or something. Depends on what kind of school you and, and that's the thing too. Again, these similarities are weird. So like yes. we have a squirt bottle that we have to mist all of our plants right now because we're science weirdos and we're propagating succulents because that's what we do. But right. like, I'll take the mister and I'll turn sideways and I'll go Achoo! and spray it. And like, and the kids like, are like, eh! And then they realize I'm joking. But what is this? This is just dad humor, right? Like I'm just, I'm doing what like a loving father would joke around with his kids too, because you need to build those relationships and you need the kids, you have the kids like look back and be like, you know what? That was just a funny thing that happened. And you know, yeah. the thing that I think that some people don't realize when they watch our content is I'm very, and I know you are too, selective of when this is appropriate and when it's not and who it's appropriate with not every student is going to respond to that and i see them every day for six hours yeah. a day monday through friday so i know which kids not to do that to you know and i would never do that to intentionally upset a kid but i know who's going to find humor in it like i know who's going to do it and by the chance it doesn't work out like i also know how to handle that situation but it's yeah. all about taking risks because without risk there's no reward so you have to like try some new things and put yourself a little bit outside of the box and i mean it's working. Yeah. And that the risk is huge, right? So like there's, I feel like one of the things I tell new teachers is like, whenever I get knots in my stomach about doing something, I always know it's the right move. So, um, and whether that's like, so I teach in 
like a title one, like inner city school in West Philadelphia. And so that, which can, I get a lot more credit. Born and raised on the playground. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's response, right? But um, it it could be worse. Uh, But, you know, it's funny. I get a lot of credit for it being like a really tough school when I don't really have, I mean, I have kids that have tough situations, some of them, but like, I don't, it's not like, uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm in like dangerous minds or something. However, blowing bubbles in the hallway, no one wants to like that. All the kids get like really aggravated and don't want to like the fact that there's bubbles, but then they get, they want to pop them and then they're mad that they popped them. It's, it's like this hilarious, weird thing. Um, but yeah, like you just have to take those risks because it only benefits the kids like crazy. Absolutely. Um, Somebody asked a really good question. I just yeah, see that someone asked, um, it's to you, what type of literature do you turn to to inform your practice? Um, so funny enough, I so when I first started teaching, I read like every single teaching book I could find and I watched every teacher movie that I could find. And so lately... Um, the people that kind of stand out to me the most are there's a book called teach like your hair is on fire by this author, Rafe Esquith, who's a teacher in South central Los Angeles, who is like, he is like what you want. He's like the little brawn of, of teaching. And then, um, there is, I'm going to forget his name. There is a priest in, uh, my son is crawling around my legs right now. So, um, there's a priest in South central Los Angeles, also father Boyle, who just, he works with, um, gang members that are recently out of prison or have been in prison or, or tied up in the gang life. And the thing I love about him is that he just like never lets go of kids. He just loves them. And no matter what they do, like he still shows up for them. And that is really, really important, I think, in, in our profession as well. And so those are the two things that kind of jump out to me. Do, do you read still about I, this stuff? Or what, what, oh, yeah. Like- Someone actually just asked me the other day, they're like, do you read? I'm like, yes, I'm a teacher, I read. But I uh, I do a lot of, re- I, I'm like, I love this profession that we have. Someone asked, is that the spelling prank guy from Ellen? Yes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I do a lot of reading on education because like I want to get better at my practice. I, I feel like we can never truly be the best that we can be but we can get close to it so that's what i'm trying to do but last summer i read this book that really kind of opened my eyes to like letting loose and breaking boundaries and doing it and it's called kids deserve it by um todd nesloni and adam welcome and the the way they talk about what they've done and how great it is and then how they bring it back to why did we do this because it's right for kids and because it's great for kids and because kids deserve it and having that mindset of like everything you do is intentional and it's not really for us and it's not if we like it or don't but like it's for the kids and that's like for example today we had field day and just to take it one step farther i brought like colored hair dye to dye the kids hair the color of their team and like did I want to do that not necessarily I went into teaching not cosmetology but like they loved it and they enjoyed it and it just elevated their experience and it's about these things that we do to be better for our kids and that book just really just like it was great it's a good one you should look it up yeah I will so you did you did a live stream with them too right 
Did I see that? Yeah, I did a live stream with them in the beginning of April. Okay. Um, so someone asked, Oliver Rutherford asked, how do you ensure that you establish the line between fun but also being a firm teacher who has boundaries, how do you enforce that? That's a really, really good question. What do you? What would you say to that? Hmm. Let me read this one more time. How yeah, do yeah. you establish between fun, but also being firm? So, I mean, it's just like to me, it's you're you're not their friend, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not your friend, and you know, I'm not your friend, and. I'm not the teacher. I mean, you're high school, but elementary, you hear so many teachers who are like, okay, friends, come to the carpet, friends. And that's cool. You do you. But, like, they're not my friends, and I'm not going to call them my friends. But, like, they know I love them. They know I care about them. But they also know their boundaries with me in the class. And it's all about setting those routines and being fair, 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 fair along as you go on. They know what they can and cannot do. And they know when to draw the line. Especially with my teaching style, the biggest thing to set in is that um, we need to understand the difference between time and place. We can joke around if we can quickly get back to it. And in the beginning of the year, they're going to test that boundaries. They're kids. They're learning, right? So when that happens, I'm like, okay, guys, let's talk about this. This is a really good example of what not to do. Feel this. Let's not do it anymore. And then you, it, like, it works. Now, like, on top of that, kids are going to be kids. So they're going to, like, intentionally push boundaries throughout the year. And that just happens. But you have to, like, keep the goal in mind that, like, if you want your learning to be successful, you have to be true to what you're saying. And like the kids are not your friends. They're your students and you're there to like provide them with the service and the services, the education and the learning. And you can't lose yeah. sight of that. Um, but that just because I'm telling you that the, my students are not my friends does not mean that I don't care and not love them. My students are like, my heart pours out to every single one of my kids, but it's the same sort of thing, you know? Yeah. I, I think that is, it's so I'm hearing a couple of things I, I kind of want to echo that you're saying, but I'm thinking a lot about um, even something that you said earlier, like this, uh, it's what a loving father would do. And although I'm not trying to be someone's dad or replace someone's dad, I think there's a lot of parallels there. We're like, if um, if your dad yells at you, it doesn't mean he doesn't love you anymore. Or he doesn't like you. And so I just think that um, that's part of the game. And I, I'm very transparent with my students in, in a lot of ways, especially like I want to have fun. I, I tell them, I want this to be the absolute best class that you ever took in high school. I want, when you look back at high school, I want you to think of Reynolds and go, dude, that was the best. Um, right. side of that is like a lot of like real talk, which is where we, the real rap comes from real rap in Philly. I don't, I, I, I know this is a hip hop thing, but I don't know if other people talk about it, but, um, is this idea of like, I'm going to be completely for real with you for your own benefit. And so that might look like me being strict or me like coming right at you if I think that you need it, but also like me, you know, loving you in a way that like is going to be maybe even weird for you sometimes. Like, like you're not used to that kind of like um, that sort of care where someone's just going to try and, do the best for you all the time. And Dude, never. and that is exactly, that's exactly how I keep my practice too. And when I have those, it's a little bit different in elementary, obviously. Sure. But when I have those real moments, okay, I cannot tell you 
how many times I've made a kid cry. Sometimes it doesn't matter how politely or nicely you say the bad thing. Kids are going to cry. Like, they're eight and nine years old. They're going to cry, right? But whenever I'm laying down the law with a kid and saying, like, one of my go-to phrases is, like, I'm really sorry that we're doing this right now, but you've decided to make a choice. And in that choice comes this consequence that we're going to have to live out. And then they'll cry and I'll say, I want you to know that I'm not mad at you because we're learning. You're learning. I'm learning. We're just learning. And, and it's okay to feel this right now, but I'm, I'm not mad at you. We're just learning. And that's what I say to my kids because it's like, I'm not mad at you. I'm helping you grow. I'm helping you become a model citizen for society. And like, let's move this boat together. And sometimes to get to the best place we need to be, you need to experience like a little bit of emotional pain a little bit. And I'm not saying I'm going to sit here and do like water torture on them or anything like that. But like, it's not always what they want. And that's hard for kids, but it's because they're learning. Yeah. It's so... Um, as soon as you say water torture, I thought of my water pistol, which made me feel a little bit bad, but, um, you know, but that teaches a lot of emotional intelligence. Also, it, it teaches kids that like you can have an argument with someone and actually work through it. And then it's better on the other side, because I, I talk to my guys a lot about like, uh, like having scar tissue and how much stronger that is than like just your regular skin. It's like, it's built totally and now you can deal with more stuff. Um, my friend Kate is uh, Kate Sleepy Teacher is also has a YouTube channel and she she polices the comment section for me all the time um, to make sure that no weird stuff is is going down. But she said there's a really good question on here, and while I'm looking for it, so also folks should know sometimes it looks like I'm not paying attention, but it's because I'm trying to go through the comments at the same time as listening to someone. So if I'm drifting off to the side, uh, all good. Lost interest, but. Um, there are a lot of questions on here though, while I'm looking for the other question, which is people want to know how you got your name. How, why Mr. D times three? Dude, everybody asks me this. Um, I'm actually a triplet. Really? No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Uh (laughs) I'm not a triplet. Um, I, that would be the greatest live feed of all time to have like three of somebody else. And, like, me, no and then like it. all of a sudden like I bring my brothers and we're like in a picture together. Hilarious. Maybe next April Fools. No, but I um I when I was like making this account and like had this vision for education that I wanted to show the world, I was like, I want something and I want something like catchy and I and but sounded teachery. Because a lot of teacher like Instagram accounts are not people's names which is cool. You do you, but it'll be like, uh, the friendly, amazing classroom or something like that. But like, I'm Mr. D and like, I'm showing what Mr. D does and like how we do our, how we run our ship in our classroom. So I was like, Mr. D and I was like, Mr. D da, 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 wanted to rhyme. And then I came up with times three multiplications, part of the fourth grade math standard. And that's literally all I have. Like it's, it doesn't mean anything more. That's uh, so it's funny. Like, um, it's funny how much people read into those sort of things, but like we started our YouTube channel last summer because my son wanted to, and I thought it would be a really good growing experience for him. And, um, I have quotes on my board every day that say real rap. I write real rap with Reynolds and I'll have like some quote, like 
stop blaming your video control game controller. You're the one pushing the buttons, right? So, um, so we just started this at like as something to do with my son. And then when he lost interest, I already had real rap with the Reynolds because we were the whole family. And then now it sounds like I'm speaking in third person. Um, so people always ask like, why do you refer to yourself as the Reynolds? I'm like, don't right. <laughs> like, I'm not going to start all over again though. At this, do you know point. what else is really funny too? When you, when you talk about like people read into a lot of stuff. So recently I've had a lot of exposure through these compilation videos that are out there. Like there's one on lad Bible, Mike, um, now this, like, and it just kind of like highlights my teaching and like my creative teaching style. And I've learned don't read the comments, but um, a lot of the comments that I read on there will say something like, teacher, just um, just uh, doing this to be famous, like just just doing all this, uh, posting all this to be famous. And it's like, if you go through my content, like I'm literally just doing me and I'm doing this to like connect with other teachers and just give other teachers options of what they can do. But also, like, I'm learning from other teachers, like, you and I connected through the internet, and, like, you're in Jersey, yeah. I'm in Detroit, like, what up, you know? So it's just, like, it's it's an amazing outlet. And in every other profession, social media would generally be pretty acceptable. Not every other, but a lot of yeah. other, you know? If you're going to go and do YouTube on the side, or you're going to go and have, like, play this Instagram on the side for whatever it is, like, cool, you do you. But for some reason in education, like we have this stigma that social media is bad and it's not. Social media is just that it's media and you learn from media. So like we're learning from each other and our students are learning from us and we're becoming better teachers because of it. So in my mind, as long as this is like positive and we're truly doing this to inspire, and we're like truly doing this to like connect and help and grow. Right. I don't know. Absolutely. I think so. I, you know, I think that all kind of goes back to that old idea of like, you know, teachers, like, uh, I remember the first time I ever saw a student when I was out somewhere and they were like, Reynolds, what are you doing in Target? And it's like, dude, I needed yeah. paper towels, like, or like, right. whatever. Like kids Target. think we live in the classroom. I, I yeah, love yeah. running into kids. Outside. I had a kid last year. I ran into her at Meyer. Do you even know what Meyer is? No. no. Meyer is a grocery store here. And, uh, I ran into her at Meyer and, uh, she's see this kid every day. She like, we had really great rapport and yeah. she looked at me, stopped, dropped what she had and hid behind her mom. And I was like, what? Like you, you just saw me a few hours ago and now you're scared of me. And it's because they just, kids like freak out. They think we live there. Yep. I think it's All hilarious. The time. Yeah. It's hilarious. Sometimes um, I'll mess so, with them and like shout their name from across the hall, well, like aisle. Yep. High school boys. That's all I want to do is embarrass them when I see them in public. <laughs> <laughs> I, so we have a couple really good questions. I, um, Hit me. Danielle, Danielle, I'm horrible at names. I really apologize in advance. Um, Danielle Moshi, it says, hi, guys, I'll be heading into my first practicum as a high school education major. What advice would you give me? Love your videos. Thanks, Danielle. Go for it, Reynolds. Um, Hit them with that high school knowledge, Reynolds. Here you go. I'm about to bring it. So I would say, one, be authentic and be really who you are forget anything they told you in high school or in college about who you were supposed to be. So all that, like, don't smile till Christmas nonsense. If that's not you, then don't let that be. Dude, that don't smile till Christmas nonsense is just that. I hate that. You can always be nice to your kids and still get your point across. Yes. And don't, I would say also, um, 
listen, listen to your students and see what they're interested in. I think there's a, a, an immense amount of value by like learning what your kids are interested in and then trying to um, use that in some of your lessons. So there's, there's all kinds of stuff my guys are interested in that I have absolutely no interest in, right? So um, they, from like certain kinds of music that they listen to or movies that they watch. So last year I found myself, this was an awful idea. Well, first of all, years ago, I used to watch Jersey Shore just because my students were interested in it. And then I like secretly got addicted to it. And, um, and then last year, everyone was watching um, Love and Hip Hop which is pretty much like the worst show ever on television. Everyone, everyone was watching it. Yeah, but I watched that or I've used um, like songs. We did a really great lesson this year using a J. Cole song and talking about illusion. And I, I never try and make it look like, and I'll tell the kids straight up, like I'm not trying to be cool. I haven't been cool since senior year of high school. That was the last time I was cool. But however, I think there's a lot of value in like me learning what you're interested in and then, using that to teach you because when I was in high school, if someone had taught a lesson using star Wars or some type of music that I liked, I would, that would have blown me away. That would have been the greatest teacher in history. But so I'm just trying to do that stuff with my kids now. And I, so I think like, take time, learn your students, listen. to And, them. and that goes right back into what we were talking about earlier about like learning. You learn through experiences. Yeah. So create experiences. Danielle Moshi. Yes, I agree. Um, whew. Your screen's frozen. I'm not frozen for you, am I? Uh, no. Okay. Maybe I was just staying real still. Oh, there you are. You're back. Uh, Lynn's... L- Lynn's, Lynn's, read, reads Lynn's reads and writes. Yeah. What advice do you have for veterans who are becoming <laughs> teachers? She reads and she writes. What? Oh, <laughs> both. What, what advice do you have for veterans that are becoming teachers? I'm not... Does that mean veterans in the military? How do you how you like veterans in the military? What or advice people. do you have for veterans who are becoming teachers, like military veterans? I, mm. I assume. Uh, well, I don't what? see why. I I personally don't see why that would make them any different than a good teacher. Yeah, I've had friends. I've had guys that were like fought in the war in Iraq that came over and started teaching that were Marines. And I thought that especially teaching boys, like that translated really, really well. They were super strict. They were like, I I think the benefit that it has is a lot of teachers aren't confident at first. You get nervous in front of kids, especially if you teach high school. And I mean, some of my guys are gigantic. I tell them they look like there's, I feel like I'm confronting bears sometimes, but they, as long as you're confident, you know, that goes a long way. And so I assume that if you were in the military, you have to have a level of confidence that would totally become beneficial when you were a teacher. Reynolds, you have um, students on right now. Oh, I always, I, they watch my videos and sometimes they'll they, be like, I really yeah. like that classroom management video you put out. I'm like, really? Yeah. Or, or they'll say like, oh, that's why you do that. Um, so I have kids teacher on the tales, bed too. Then they'll come and they'll be like, my mom watched your thing. She was laughing. I'm like, that's good. Tell your mom to sit back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not going there yet. Um so Teacher Tail says, here's a question. How did you decide that you wanted to become a teacher? That's a really popular question. What what about you? I know my answer. Why did I want to become a teacher? Yeah. Mm, I or how, how did you decide? 
rather. So I, during college, I volunteered for a um, summer camp for kids with terminal illnesses. And then like being there and watching kids be able to like do what they wanted to do and, and like without boundaries and without, without anything telling them no. Like we put kids in wheelchairs up on high ropes courses. Like it was amazing to watch that. And seeing that and being able to assist with making those experiences, I stopped and I was like, I can do this. I can do this and I love this and I want to keep doing this. And it just went from there. That's Which is uh, why I, a lot of advice that I have for new teachers too, is like get as much exposure and education as you can while you're deciding if you want to do it, because that's how you're really going to know. Yeah. That's uh, that, wow. That's a, that's a different answer than I've, than I've heard before. I really like that. It's, um, I, yeah. That's gonna, that might come up again later as I'm as I'm thinking about it. Um, for myself, I I never wanted to be a teacher. I didn't even like high school. I've talked about this all the time with my students. I didn't read in high school, um, and now I'm an English teacher. But the thing that changed for me was I always wanted to be I wanted to be a drummer. Then I wanted to be a clown, um, and all of those things kind of like I wanted to be a priest at one point, and all those things just kind of like put together teaching just totally made sense it was like yeah i'm gonna like part of me is I'm, I'm entertaining all day and i really like that part of me is just being a professional jackass and part of me is like just loving kids and trying to like help them become better human beings and so someone at one point was like you should be a teacher and i never ever thought of it before and now i can't i literally can't imagine myself doing anything else like if this didn't work out i don't know what I would do. I would go back to working at Home Depot. Or right. I, don't know. Um, I could, you know, and that's funny. I wouldn't, I can't, like, I can't leave the classroom. I love it. I've had people say like, oh, you've been to Ellen a few times now and all these other opportunities are coming up and now you, you're going to go to Hollywood and you're going to like leave. And I'm like, but I'm not. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'm, a really I'm just point. not. Yeah. So I was, uh, my students, like whenever something happens um, or I get shouted out in some way, they're always like, you're not going to leave. Are you Reynolds? Are you going to leave? Um, and they are so funny. I'm like, no, this is like what I want to do. The, my One of my biggest problems with Hollywood teacher movies is they only taught for a couple of years. And then all of a sudden they have a book or they have like a movie that comes out. I'm like, man, I've been in this for 12 years now. I definitely think I deserve a movie at this point, but. That's just because I want right. money because I don't, you know, because I'm a teacher. Um, my wife is jabbing my side. Every right teacher has their side hustle. Yeah. What's that? Is it every teacher has their side hustle? I'm actually yeah, a exactly. instructor. Yeah, that's how I just figure you have to do it. So Kendra Moxon says, hey, everybody, I'm a current education major. This might be a heavy question, but I'm still, but I'm in a same sex relationship. How does this or will this impact my teaching career? Um, that's an interesting question, Kendra. Do you know, every district's different. And the, th the thing is too, is like, when you are applying to teach somewhere, you're not only are they interviewing you, but you're interviewing them. Like, and you always have an opportunity to ask questions too to a district. So like, ask them what their ideals and their views are. And if you're brave, like, you know, tell them this, this is what's up. And like, is this something that your um, district um, 
takes pride in? Do you accept diversity in your group? Because like, I don't know, you're not going to go somewhere that has a reputation of not being okay with that. Cause you'd just be setting yourself up for, you know, some sadness along the way, but you know, every, every district is different. Yeah. I think it has, I think more than anything, it probably has to do with your teaching community that you surround yourself with. So when you start at a school, um, who are you going to hang out with? I, I think, because honestly, I think one of the biggest mistakes new teachers make is they like, they just put themselves in their room with their kids and then they don't reach out to anyone else. And they think they're just going to like go it alone, but it's so much more fun to surround yourself with people that care about you and you're supporting each other. And so right. despite what your difference is, and this is me, like I always, I always take even what I, what, I take my own stuff with a grain of salt because I realize that I'm like who I am, that I'm like a white heterosexual man in 2017. But like, um, but in all honesty, like if you're surrounding yourself with good people that are lifting you up and, and being a positive influence at work, like I just feel like I'm not sure what you couldn't handle if you did that, to be honest. I, I'm with you. I'm so with you. Um, hey Reynolds, I have, I have time for um, maybe two more questions. I have about seven minutes until I got a jet. Okay, that's fine. Cool. Um, so let's do, uh, someone asked, Edwin asked, he said he's going into his first year of teaching and he is wondering what to do to prevent burnout. What are your, uh, what, what do you do? What, like, so how do you, what do you do besides teaching that helps you become better at what you do? Well, I think the thing in, with teacher burnout is teachers have expressed that they expect for now because they don't feel supported and my biggest advice is if you don't feel supported you need to find your own support so what a great way to find that is in social media because there's tons of teachers who are doing what we're doing that you can find so many interesting things to you know enhance your practice or change what's going on in your classroom which could help you know bring that spark back to you too like you need to find what's passionate with you in education and then find your own ways to get what you need are, are there professional development event, events going on in your area that you could reach out to attend? Is there um, some further reading you can do on a different teaching technique that you're interested in getting involved in and that you can begin to implement? Because if, if you're not getting what you want from the people from the people that you're working with and the people above you, you need to take it one step further and get it yourself. Yeah. Boom. Knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, Teacher burnout has everything to do with how I start my day. Like I get up every morning at 5 a.m. I go to the gym um, and then I do some sort of prayer or meditation that usually looks like me kind of like envisioning my day and knowing what I want on the front end. Because once you get to school, I mean, you know, like the kids don't wait for you to wake up. They don't wait for you to like be ready or get in the right space. Um, it's on. Like I have guys that are waiting outside of my door every single morning um, that eat breakfast with me. And so I need to be ready when I get to school. And so I have to prepare myself on the front end. Um, and then knowing when to not, to, like this job never has an ending. You just keep having, there's always more you could plan. There's always more you could do. There's always more kids you could connect with. But at some point you have to turn it off and, and do something else. Otherwise you will oh, yeah. burn out. So like have a hobby. It's all about balance too. We take yeah. so much back home with us as teachers. I mean, man. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, so someone asked, Daniela asked, 
or Danielle. Danielle, yeah, I don't know. I apologize. Um, would you recommend starting your master's right after you finish your bachelor's, or would you wait to get a teaching job? Ooh. Um, do you have, I do you have your waited. Yeah, yeah, I waited. Actually, my very first boss said to me, I was debating whether I was going to do it. I was going to do it that first year. And she said to me, do you want to you know, you're, you're considering starting two really big things at the same time in a very important part in your life. Are you going to just, you're going to start your first year of teaching and you're going to start your first year of math of your master's, both of which are demanding, or do you want to start your first year of teaching, put a lot of focus into that, feel better in, in that when you go to start your master's. And that's what I chose. And that's what I did. So I taught for two years and then I did my master's and I'm really glad I did that because I felt like I had a better feel on what was happening in the classroom. So I could put more focus into my master's. And once, once I was there, I really felt like, you know, not only was I able to focus more, but I had more to offer. I had more experience. I could bring more to the table in our discussions and things. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I So I didn't start teaching until I was 26, something like that. Um, Cause I had like a whole nother life before that. And I felt like when I started teaching, I had a whole lot more experience than everyone else that was, that was teaching already. Cause I'd already done stuff and been places and seen things. Um, so I don't have my master's. I don't plan on getting it at this point cause I'm 40 years old and I really like what I'm doing and it takes up a whole lot of time. And so I and I have kids and a whole host of things. However, I think that the first year of teaching takes up so much time and you are oh, real exhausted. I remember coming home from my first year of teaching and falling asleep on my living room floor at five o'clock and waking up. In the oh, morning. yeah. Like, what happened? Like, that really happened? So And then dying and then ready. waking up yeah. and doing it again? Yeah. And the idea of like doing a master's on top of that is like crazy. Um, you have time for one more question? One more. That's good. Yeah. Let's do, uh, Amir is a student of mine. Amir Williams said, I'm not a teacher. I know because you're a student in my class, but, <laughs> but I'm curious about something. Uh, are there any benefits in ability grouping students? Um, so do you guys group kids by ability in your school? Yeah, so I mean, like when you think about it, that basically comes back to differentiated instruction. And if I have two students who are learning at the same level, I'm going to ability group them together to, um, for small group purposes. But I'm, I know in high school it's a little bit different. But so, for example, if I had, I just gave an informal assessment in, on a math unit for whatever lesson I just taught, and I have about four students who are struggling with the same concept, I'm going to ability group them and pull them for some teacher talk, here we go, RTI instruction, and, you know, give them that, you know, first tier instruction level to make sure that they're reconnecting on the concepts that they missed. You know, I guess we try to disguise that as much as we can, which is fine, but at the end of the day, you know, if you have a group of students who are needing the same sort of assistance, and I mean, that goes for really high students, too. If I have a group of students who have over-connected to the material and need to be pushed, I'm going to do the same thing and push them, you know, to, to think deeper on the specific um, content area. So um, to answer the question, yes. And sometimes you just need to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, I just, it's tough. So next year I'm starting a new class. I've never taught before, but I will have an inclusion class um, or I'll have uh, a co I'll be part of a co-talk classroom for the entire day. 
And so what okay. that's going to look like is like kids who are on a lower level of proficiency in reading and kids who are on point and having them in the same class and, and with the hope that like one will bring up the other. And that is, I, so I'm not sure what to expect of it yet, but I know that if I put my time into having personal relationships with every single student, <clears throat> that already wins. So whether or not everyone's in the same classroom or not, I just think there's a lot of value in like knowing your students and making relationships oh, yeah. in your classroom because then it's not kids will be braver. They'll be they'll feel safe. They'll be willing to like go to try stuff in your class and not be afraid they're going to look like a like stupid or something like that. So For sure, for sure. So I do think there's some value in that because you don't want kids that are like super high and kids that are super low together because it's going to I just feel like it's going to give someone a false sense of entitlement and someone is going to feel like a dumbass and they're not, you know, they're just like learning on a different level than everyone else. Um, I feel you. So, yeah. So I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, I really, really appreciate okay. you coming on, man. This has been awesome. Um, yeah. Awesome. I, thanks for having me. I mean, I love talking education. And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday night, teacher talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 PM Eastern standard time on my YouTube channel, real rap with Reynolds. And I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great week. Peace.